0: In Las Vegas, we're live. Couldn't be happier. Las Vegas live, drafting, hanging on with the pod father. I could be happier. I mean, yeah, there was a football game last night.
1: I could be a lot happier. I could be uh, I'd, I'd be I'd be ecstatic if Allen Robinson had uh, had gone off for 100 yards and a touchdown. That would have been nice. 100, yeah, 100, 120, been nice. Yards, 120 yards and
0: 120 yards a touchdown, Rams win.
1: Cam Akers having a having a, a at least an impressive run of some kind, showing something at some point. Some positive yardage at any
0: at any given uh, <laughs> point in the football game. That would have been nice. I think it's safe to say that uh, Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs are the better duo at wide receiver right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think. Well, let's see. The, the, so the, the we're, we're going to be drafting in the uh, the FFWC main event today at uh, two o'clock Pacific. So we're excited. That's why we're here. We're in the main event, baby um billy and, and theo and, and the friends of the underworld they're, they're drafting like multiple drafts simultaneously no they're going just from None. one draft to the next to the next ffpc ffwc nffc da, 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 da. and we're like we're like we're in one draft <laughs> it's like yeah so we're not going to be as seasoned as these vets as these uh but uh, luckily uh guys like billy and guys like theo uh, do shows and write articles for playerprofiler.com. So we have you covered with the, 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 the high-stakes aficionados. We got to get right into it. Last night, uh, Cam Akers was uh, a zero, literally <laughs> a zero, uh, in the box score and uh, did not uh, look good. But then again, remember, okay, so anyone that says, oh, uh, Cam Akers, he looked terrible. Well, uh, Matthew Stafford looked terrible. And Allen Robinson looked terrible. And the only one that didn't look terrible on that offense was Cooper Cup. So, let's just put that in context. I think Darrell Henderson looked better than we expected him to look. Cooper Cup looked great,
0: yeah, and everyone looked terrible. Cooper cup was i mean, he he didn't he didn't miss a beat.
1: He didn't miss a beat. He's pretty incredible. he He might do it again. I mean, it was always a little ballsy to take Justin Jefferson over Cooper cup. That was always a, a bit of a, 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 a you know a projection upside though. I think
0: there's upside.
1: I, I get it. that's what I, that's I think, what you're going for, right? I think the larger point and the the biggest takeaway here is that in the first five rounds of a draft, you can't be shooting exclusively for upside. Yep. Right. You can't be drafting JK Dobbins in every league, right? Because if you were doing that, if you were just, if you were just drafting on pure upside, like the molecule of upside and ignoring everything around the, the, these players, you'd be drafting acres and Dobbins in every league. And that's, not the way to use precious draft capital. And I I would argue that the, if you actually do consider your early first round draft capital precious, you would have just gone with the chalk pick gone with Cooper cup and not overthought it and gone with Justin Jefferson. And last night you're, you're seeing why Billy Muzio actually had Stefan Diggs ranked ahead of Cooper cup, which was a hot take at the time. It's looking pretty, pretty prescient because Stefan Diggs is in a much better offense. Yep. So I think the, the 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 big the big takeaway is that the Rams' offense is not what it was last year. I don't think it's going to be what it was last year. There's no Andrew Whitworth. I think there, Matthew Stafford's a lesser quarterback. Uh, the offensive line is not what it was. Odell Beckham Jr. is not there, though he was there on the sidelines looking like a Ram.
0: Hey, he got his ring, and he he replied to Roster Watch. He's like, "Hey, my, my my phone line's the same. Give me a call. I'm ready." So, yeah, so the Rams are not. They, they what we
1: were hoping they would be, however, it was the Bills. This is the best defense in football. This is by far and away the best team in football. So, if there was a game where you give a team a, a complete mulligan and say, "Hey, this was a you know a Thursday night kickoff. This was you know this was a, a, an island game. Special circumstances. We're looking at a team with the ultimate chip on their shoulder that they are absolutely ready to win a Super Bowl this year. They're the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win the Super Bowl." If there's one game where you just throw it out, right, throw out the box score, throw out the performances, you know, moving on, you know, we're on to week two. I think it would be any game where you're facing the Bills, where you're just like, okay, we're moving on, right? But we we can't move on because Cam Akers was capturing all of the imaginations of everyone on social media, except PFF Fantasy. PFF Fantasy didn't want to use their imagination. They just wanted to copy our meme. You know, so Aaron Stewart, our head of social media, put together an incredible, uh, you know, uh, Cam Akers on a milk carton meme. And then that meme showed up on the PFF account about 20 minutes later, which uh, was not a coincidence. So uh, shame on them and uh, props to Aaron. And Cam Akers' situation is complicated. And I've thought about it very deeply. So, what was disappointing to me. Was you know I'm talking to to Billy Moosey. I'm talking to these you know these uh, sort of uh, thought leaders and uh, you know high stakes uh, savants and I'm trying to have an intellectual conversation with people last night which was a mistake yeah. drinking all day they're celebrating have a, you know Billy's like sixty percent exposure to, to, to Darrell Henderson and he's just victory lapping and he's not in a, a headspace yep. to have an elect, an intellectual conversation he's not going to have Some sort of cerebral discussion about the mechanics behind the touch distribution of Henderson versus Akers in real time. I hadn't been drinking much. I was intellectualizing what was happening. And I was digging into all the numbers going all the way back to Cam Akers entry into the NFL and not just going, hey, I don't draft players coming off achilles ruptures therefore i was only drafting henderson therefore i am a genius and we're celebrating and this is a victory time but that 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 see that isn't that isn't analysis that's helpful to anyone like it's it's not like oh really oh you don't say that the achilles rupture is a is a difficult injury to come back from no shit Really? Anything else? Any other helpful information? No, really. Just gonna just say, oh, no running back has ever successfully come back from an Achilles tear. End of take. Except Dante Foreman won people leagues last year coming yeah. back from an yeah. Achilles rupture. And he wasn't nearly the prospect that Cam Akers is. 25 years old. So there's more to it than this, right? It's more to it than just pointing at the Achilles and laughing, right? That's not it. Right? I think it's a factor. I think he's a lesser running back than he was pre-Achilles rupture just like Christian McCaffrey is a lesser running back than pre than he was (laughs) pre-hamstring tear and then another hamstring tear pre-multiple hamstring tears so let's talk about why Cam Akers was in the situation he was getting a handful of carries one or two targets and was the clear number two to the clear number one Darrell Henderson Darrell Henderson received Close to a bell cow workload last night. He was. He is shaping up to be their workhorse back. He is going to be a fifth, maybe fourth round pick in all high stakes drafts today because we're drafting in high stakes today, tomorrow. He's going to be a no. Not, he's going to be a fifth round pick, maybe late third, late third at the earliest. I that that's going to be just a handful of reaches. So somebody, my, somebody, my more fourth, more fifth rounds. I, I is my guess. And Acres is going to go round.
0: 10 11 12 the problem with the with the henderson one is that even though you saw the usage it was 11 fantasy points it's not like he was it wasn't like the week one clyde the week one kareem hunt where it was a clear bell cow usage like i I still am
1: stafford didn't score any fantasy points yeah Uh, Allen robinson didn't score any fantasy points no one but cup scored any fantasy points what we care about with running backs especially is usage patterns this is a very big deal. I am going to be interested in drafting Darrell Henderson if he falls to, say, late round five, round six, though that's not typically where I draft running backs anyway. He now becomes a full-blown dead zone running back, but he's he's at least someone I'm interested in. Like, you have to be you, – you cannot follow a Bayesian process and say, no, I, I was uh, of the belief that Darrell Henderson – is a far inferior talent to Cam Akers all along and therefore I'm, I'm going to remain uh, intractable in my position and I'm not going to draft him no matter what. That, that would be silly. What I think happened with Cam Akers is as follows. Cam Akers comes into the league and since he's entered the league, he has not been targeted in the passing game with any kind of volume that would give him an RB1 ceiling. And this is where we erred. We aired in Dynasty considering Cam Akers a young stud, all-purpose back, a full box-stuffing, difference-making, league-winning running back. And when I say box-stuffing, I mean he also can be a target magnet. The problem is he was a target magnet with a 10% target share at Florida State. His target share was well above the 80th percentile. Yep, 88th.
0: Stud. Stud. It was. Arguably, was a stud. 75 targets in two seasons? Like, stud.
1: He was also, by far and away, their only weapon on offense. He was their sole, singular playmaker in what was an atrocious offense at Florida State at the time, and was one of the worst uh, run-blocking offensive lines in all of college football. Mm -hmm. The least yards created in all of college football. And yet, he still had a dominant season in spite of those headwinds at Florida State. This is what made the majority of the Dynasty community bullish on Cam Akers heading into the NFL. However, when you actually break it down and go game by game, which is what we've done since we saw what happened last night, <laughs> you, you come to the realization that he's never been used in the passing game heavily and that we all know that the Rams target the running backs at one of the lowest rates in the league. So that the Sean McVay's offense is not designed to throw to running backs. And when Darrell Henderson specifically is active, he's always commanding more targets than Cam Akers. So one of the issues is that when you're doing projections, you have to base the touch distribution on something. And when you don't have a Jonathan Taylor coming back or uh, a, a Dalvin Cook coming back or a Joe Mixon coming back in a similar offense, in a similar situation with, without major new competition for touches, it's straightforward to simply map the touch distribution from the previous season onto the next season. Well, with Cam Akers coming back this year and Darrell Henderson missing part of last year and no Sony Michelle, the touch distribution projection was much more speculative this year for the Rams than almost any other team. And where do you have to go to find the data? Well, the first place you go with the NFL playoffs from last year. And the issue is the Rams were up big in a lot of those games. And they were not up at all against the Bills. So already in week one, Cam Akers is facing a game situation that he never saw during the NFL playoffs, where his touch distribution is being extrapolated from. So remember, they were up 20 against the Buccaneers. Early in the playoffs, this was Cam Akers' second game back. He had 24 carries. Sonny Michel had one. He salted the game away against Tom Brady. That's how he was used, and he caught three of three targets. But then you start going down the board. You start looking at the the, the next game against the 49ers. You start looking at the next game, and it's like, wait a second. He's not getting any more than three targets in any of these games. Yes, he's dominating the touch distribution. He's hogging the overall touches vis-a-vis Sony Michelle because Sony Michelle is also underutilized in the passing game and or simply you know lacking the fluidity to succeed in the passing game and then a funny thing happens the Super Bowl happens yeah and <laughs> Darrell Henderson comes back and yes yes technically in that game Cam Akers dominated the touches again sixteen to seven however Darrell Henderson had more targets in that game so Darrell Henderson. Had a much higher target rate in the Super Bowl than Cam Akers because Cam Akers played more snaps and yet still commanded fewer targets. So, what does this tell you? This tells you that at least at this point in his Achilles rehabilitation, like Sony Michelle, Cam Akers does not have the fluidity and space to command targets. Darrell Henderson does. And this was, I think, a a missing piece in a lot of projections heading into 2022 and it doesn't have as much to do with the Achilles as it has to do with the fact that Darrell Henderson is great in space that Darrell Henderson is a target magnet and he was operating in that capacity before his ankle injury he suffers his ankle injury and then comes back at less than 100 percent in the in the Super Bowl and still commands more targets in the passing game than Cam Akers so that was a under-discussed and underutilized stat split from last year that would give you a window into how these players might be used in 2022. The problem is, in none of those games did you see the Rams playing from behind. So we have no idea what a post Achilles Cam Akers versus Darrell Henderson touch distribution looks like when the Rams are coming from behind. We didn't have that data in front of us. We now have that data from last night. And it's telling us very clearly that Drell Henderson is going to get the high leverage touches in the hurry up offense and in the passing game that equate to PPR fantasy points. And it's not going to be Cam Akers, even though Cam Akers, again, was a target hog at Florida State. Now as an NFL running back, because there are NFL running backs that did not suffer an Achilles injury. Yeah. That were commanding significant targets. Sony Michelle, one of them. Sony Michelle was a, a super fluid passing game weapon at Georgia. You would agree with that. He, he was a, he was a target magnet and he was explosive in space at Georgia. And then the knee injury sapped him of that explosiveness, and he became useless in the passing game. You know, by his mid twenties in the NFL, that's what happens. And there is a fear that while Cam Akers is still nimble and he's still nifty with great vision that the achilles has robbed him of his ability to be electric in the passing game just as dante foreman was never and will never be electric in the passing game and we really haven't seen a running back if you really want to be specific but what it means to have a successful achilles rehabilitation and return a successful fantasy season post achilles rupture what that really means is what we haven't seen is a running back be truly successful in the passing game for a full season post Achilles rupture. That is an open question. And having never seen it, we should not have projected that for Cam Akers this year based on his track record at Florida State and his first year in the league pre-Achilles rupture. So that would be the lesson learned. That is the takeaway. And it's a little more complicated, just a little bit. It's it's a little more nuanced than just, oh, the guy had an Achilles rupture and he's dust.
0: Before that, and looking at his entire career, he's had one game with four targets. And I think that in itself, and you look further down, it's like four, three, three, and then it's two, and then a bunch of games with one. And as you talked about in the passing game, seeing that elusiveness, seeing that lecture, he had one play last night where he didn't look dusty. He didn't look bad like some people were. The swing pass? A, a kind of, yeah, the swing pass. It's yeah, like yeah. he showed that there was something there. The problem that I have with the whole thing last night is that August 29th or 28th, there was an article that came out he didn't, he didn't practice for a week or two. Daryl was getting all those reps. So if we really would have read between the lines, we would have known Daryl was going to get the most work last night. Cam's not we, we, Cam's we, not 100%. So it's, we it's, had John Paulson on. I still think it's really tough to – I'm not closing the book on it, but I, I think it's really – we haven't seen them both 100% healthy in the same field at the same time. That's what I want to My see. My problem is the Rams are not what – They were last year. They're going to be playing from behind more. They're not going to be
1: salting away leads like they were, giving Cam Akers 24 carries against the box. That's going to be a much more rare event this year. And therefore, given the game situations that the Rams will likely be in with a degraded offense, it will point to more Darrell Henderson work in the passing game. And those he's going to stack PPR points doing that. That's why he's an attractive option. He is also explosive. So they had the same 40 time coming out of college. It's just that Darrell Henderson's lower body injuries were not as severe as Cam Akers the last few years. So you would argue, just looking at the injury track record in their 40 times, that at this point in their careers, Darrell Henderson also more explosive. So that was the argument for Darrell Henderson was that he's probably more explosive at this point, and he's been better at commanding targets in the passing game the last couple of years than cam acres all else equal that was the case for for Darrell henderson that is numbers based that's not just i'm a doctor and i can look at cam acres achilles with you know mri glasses and i know how much fast twitch muscle fiber is left in his lower body you don't know that nobody knows that but what we do have are hard numbers yep. that were unfortunately extrapolated using cam Akers' complete history as a football player going back to florida state when it would have been better had we just taken the touch distribution and the usage pattern from the super bowl if we had just projected him based both players based on the super bowl then they would have been much closer with their seasonal projections so that was the lesson learned and There is one other factor. So, clearly, the Achilles has robbed him of some of his ability to be electric in space. That appears to be true, that there is a correlation there where we have not seen him command more than three targets in the passing game post-Achilles. That is something that is currently a fact that he has to now disprove. Okay. It is also true that Darrell Henderson uh, is better than... Don't say it. Don't say it. He, <laughs> don't say it. Don't. At this point in the season, Darrell Henderson looks healthier and is just a more efficient player in this offense. These are the facts. But yet, even thinking about this deeply, it doesn't fully explain what happened. So this was this was my blood. This is what I've been thinking about for hours. Hours upon hours since since literally during the game and after the game. Literally. literally. I Barely got any sleep. I can vouch for this. I think there's another component here. I think it's even more complicated that there is some behavioral issue that may also be driving this. I think it's layers of complication here. And I think that it's also possible that Cam Akers is not the team culture fit that Darrell Henderson is. And that some of this was dictated by the team. That it's and we don't know this. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know who's working out. We don't know who's putting in the time in the weight room and who's not. We don't know who's focusing on the details and practice and who's not. We don't know who the players think is the, the dog versus not in the locker room. But I, I do believe the locker room spoke up last night and said, Darrell Henderson's our guy. For whatever reason, whatever happened between the players, between the coaches over the last couple months, behind the scenes, I believe there, there was some breaking point that would lead to such a heavily skewed distribution of touches. When I even post Achilles, I don't believe that the the talent differentiator is that big. The differential between Akers and Henderson is not great. It's not that wide based on what the touch distribution would have suggested. So I also believe that there's something else happening behind the scenes that's throttling Cam Akers' role. Is that possible?
0: It's possible. I The Florida State, I guess you'd say, you know, locker room of the last five, six seasons, like – Everybody knows Florida State hasn't been the same team. There's been a lot of knuckleheads come out of there. I don't I don't think it's out of the question for Cam Akers. Um, I've always looked at him in the same light as a Delvin. Delvin, I think, had a little bit of issues coming out. That's why he was a later second-round pick. Cam, second-round pick, both injury-prone guys. So um, I hate to put that on people without like knowing for a fact, but I think uh, it is something you can think about in an offense like this where it, it, it just seemed to me, like go back to last year, that this was a guy that – Sean McVay loved and the team loved. And then it's just to see where it's come from now. And that's why I'm, I'm 24 I'm,
1: carries in his second that, game back.
0: That's what, then they pushed him. Like you talked about this last year a lot. Like he's going to come back. We thought he was going to come back. We saw the training videos. We saw Sean McVay vouch for him. And now I, I just feel, I don't want to be overreacting right now because yes, Daryl did look good last night. He looked explosive. He scored 11 fantasy points, which isn't special by any means, but the opportunities. And you talked about the opportunities, they got the Falcons, the Cardinals. The next couple of weeks, if Cam just gets healthy, I just want to see in two weeks from now if he's healthy and he's on the field getting the usage because the swing pass was very telling last night. Like I don't think he's dust. I just think let him get healthy. He didn't practice for two weeks. That's really where I'm at. I'm, I'm on the verge. I'm not full into. I'm not I'm not fully tilting on Cam right now. I just traded for him in our, in our league, and I, I am a little. It's, it's one of my only shares in Dynasty, so I'm a I'm a little. Little flustered, but I'm holding out. Hope I'm holding Wait, out. What hope. happened? Who you did a dynasty trade? Yeah, I did a dynasty trade. What what happened? What was the trade? I think we did. I think we did a live dynasty trade. We did. We did. We trade. We we, we were in the hotel room and we did a trade live. Defending and, defending champion. Yeah. And this I can, I mean, coming yeah. into the season, projected 2022 champion, probably before this trade, I was pretty confident in. I won last year with Chase Taylor, Cup, Mike Williams. So I traded him cup. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, and J.D. McKissick. And he gave me Drake London, Gabe Davis, Cam Akers, LaVisca, Trey McBride, and Isaiah Likely. Um, Start two tight ends. Some people around here think Isaiah Likely is uh, Kyle Pitts' is, like, stepbrother, long-lost brother or something. You know. Like. Uh, wow. There's been a lot of
1: takes. There's, been, been, a, there's been, been, a been a lot of takes there's out been here a in lot Vegas. of takes. There's been a lot of takes. There's been a lot of crazy Darrell Henderson takes uh, and a lot of crazy takes on Isaiah Likely. Uh, who Tommy tremble, Tommy tremble is another one, but there, I- there's a lot of fringe tight ends that are, uh, rookies or young athletic tight ends that everyone is in love with. And that I actually, for whatever reason, don't have a lot of cam acres. Yeah. I, I have a lot more JK Dobbins. <laughs> I think those guys are similar. And to me, when I've had the opportunity to draft an acres or a Dobbins, I've been going Dobbins. We had them similarly ranked in dynasty and similarly ranked in, uh, uh in seasonal leagues until Dobbins. Was announced that he'd be missing the first couple of games, and then, then that dropped him down. But before that announcement came out, they were similarly ranked. They're similar players, similar same draft class, second round capital. Both better runners than they are pass catchers, and uh, just explosive talents with its size. And uh, could be could be theoretical all purpose backs if they were used as such. They don't throw to running backs in Los Angeles any more than they throw to running backs in Baltimore, unfortunately. So the parallels between these two running backs are striking, but Dobbins has an injury that many running backs have successfully come back from and Cam Akers doesn't have the the right injury. Cam Akers injury is to muscle fiber is where, where he's shredding fast twitch tissue as opposed to connective tissue, which is what JK Dobbins tore. So that, that, that it was that was the one sort of tiebreaker between those two running backs, and so when I when I looked at my exposures, I was pleasantly surprised that yes, I dumped Acres on Cody, and now I'm down to one Acres in Dynasty. Uh, we got an Acres in the uh, the FFWC Video Showdown, which is a, a just a, a celebrity best ball draft, uh, and then I was looking through all my other drafts. I was looking through. a uh, i was a little bit panicked i was like man i hope i I don't have too much acres and i was looking through i was like oh wait wait i don't have that much and i traded into you and i was like okay then i was trying to count i was like okay we have in the video showdown i got him and then i and it and and it hit me because we follow this hero rb team structure so closely and that we're starting with either McCaffrey. like i was looking at the the big dog bash started with McCaffrey, or starting with swift in, in the second round or etn in the third round you look up and it's like, oh, because of Hero RB, you're not drafting a lot of fourth, fifth, and sixth round running backs, whether it's David Montgomery, whether it's Cam Akers, whether it's J.K. Dobbins, even James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott. I just don't have a lot of those guys, and and I'm sure some of them will be good. I mean, not every dead zone running back flames out like Cam Akers did, but it's interesting how the team structure – that we promote protected most people from having much acres at all so that's cool that worked out that's why I wasn't uh I I was more looking at the acres usage intellectually as opposed to emotionally I'll admit I was much more devastated to see the lack of targets for Allen Robinson because when you're following a hero RB build you have a lot more Allen Robinson than you have Cam So that's the thing. In the fourth round, we're going Allen Robinson over Cam Akers. We're going Terry McLaurin, uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Darnell Mooney, Amon Ross St. Brown, going with those guys over Cam Akers in in the fourth round, especially earlier. And I I know Cam Akers has fallen to the fifth and sixth round uh, in recent weeks, but that protected us, did not protect us from Allen Robinson. And my fear is that Allen Robinson may be a lot closer to dust than Cam Akers, that Cam Akers is now, at the very least, the handcuff to the primary back for the Super Bowl champions. And he does have an all-purpose skill set if he somehow finds himself in a situation where the Rams are down and they have to d- d- dump the ball uh to the running back out of the backfield. Cam Akers can definitely do it. He showed at Florida State he can do it. So Darrell Henderson's not gonna last. His fragility rating on the injury finder is way too high for him to last in a bell cow role yep. for a full season. So I'm still going to be drafting Cam Akers. I, I'm not heavily exposed to him, so I'm going to be drafting him in any drafts that that, that, I, that we have for the next couple of days. Uh, we're open for business drafting Cam Akers in the double-digit rounds tonight. I will not be drafting Allen Robinson. We already have too much Allen Robinson exposure, and whether it's Des Bryant, whether it's Dwayne Bow, whether it's Demarius Thomas – some of these big explosive wide receivers don't actually make it to age 30 as efficient wide receivers in the league. It's possible. It's possible that because he was never that fast to begin with, his straight line speed was always in the four sixes like Des Bryant. It's possible that Allen Robinson has uh, not been adding – Lower body muscle explosiveness over the years, and has has let himself go. And that last year was actually a major red flag. And it's actually a bigger mistake, I think, to draft Allen Robinson coming off a red flag season in the fourth round than it is to have drafted uh, Cam Akers in, in round six or seven, or to draft Cam Akers now in, in, in the double digit rounds. I think that's fine because at that point it's all upside. Yeah. But when you're looking at Allen Robinson in the fourth round with precious, that's yeah. top five round draft capital, that is precious. You cannot just shoot 100% for upside. It's too cavalier. Yep. And being so dismissive of what was a truly abysmal 2021 season where we saw a, a, a cratering of efficiency and to just wave that away as, oh, well, that was Matt Nagy. Oh, well, Bears oh, well, Dalton, oh, well, Fields, and just just sort of you know wave a hand at it and say, no, this is the the Allen Robinson I remember from the Jaguars who had that 1,400-yard season. He now has a quarterback for the first time in his career. We should just focus on that. When there are other wide receivers that have no red flags on their profile that are in their prime, Mm -hmm. right? When you have a Terry McLaurin who is as risk-free as a fourth-round pick as you're going to find, to go Allen Robinson in the face of last year's complete implosion showed a, a cavalier drafting that is going to come back and, and, and haunt me personally, I think, yeah. and Billy. I mean, Billy Billy me. was more bullish on Alan Robinson. Yeah. Partly is this is a little bit of cope here because Billy fueled my love for Alan Robinson, and then I talked to Matt Harmon, and he loves Alan Robinson, and then it's just this perpetual feedback loop of love. And, I'm, and Billy's like, oh, I'm thinking about putting him in the top 10. I'm like, holy shit. You know what I mean? And then I talked to Matt Harmon. He's like, oh, man, one of my favorite receivers. I'm like, oh, my God. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, i push the button on Allen Robinson every time. And, and that is not anyone's fault but mine. <laughs> but I just want – I'm not alone in my fears that Allen Robinson is not what we were hoping he would be. And, and the fact that it was a hope and not definitive like a a McLaurin or like a Mooney or like a Cooks tells you that 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 was a process-based mistake. I'm not here to to watch someone victory lap around the casino on Darrell Henderson because, oh, I turned the card over and I got the result I wanted. Though that's fun, I'm more interested in the process and learning lessons for the future and how to prevent – a, an overdrafting of an Allen Robinson, an overdrafting of a Cam Akers in the future, and the Cam Akers situation very complicated, not nearly as straightforward as as anyone on social media wants to make you believe it is. Allen Robinson may be much more
0: straightforward and much more embarrassing. I I, I will I will I want to just pause it in, in between there because. Yes, did I do? I think we maybe pushed him up a little too high. He's going in the third round a little bit in FFWC, fourth round. Commonly, I would take him. Mm-hmm. And you're talking McLaurin and Mooney, guys that we know are number one in their offense. They're guys, just locks, guys, They're the, locks, locks. This, this is the early round lock. draft capital is precious. But, but the thing is, Allen Robinson's the number two in that offense. We saw last night they had they lined up against two rookies, Kyrie Irland, first round pick, Christian Benford, sixth round pick at Buffalo. They should have both walk the dog on these guys right this is crazy and and instead this is why i'm listen 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 this is why i'm pumping the brakes a little bit because they were in comeback mode and all stafford did was look at who cooper cup 15 targets Tyler Higby, eleven guys that he was, guys that he feels comfortable with. Next week they get Atlanta, right, and they're gonna have AJ Terrell, they're gonna have Casey Hayward, Isaiah Oliver. This is gonna be, this is actually like terrible. This this, this is the best, this is the best corner. This is the best part of the Falcons team is these defensive backs. So they're gonna force them to throw the ball to everybody else. And I want to see in week two if Allen Robinson, like that's like again we're talking week one. I understand it's Thursday Night Football, week one it sucks, but, but. No, it's terrible. But ninety-seven percent snap share, most he's had since Week Twelve of Jacksonville in twenty twenty. Like he looked again. Stafford missed him a few times last night. He had two targets, one for twelve. That's twenty-six targets this for Higby and Cup. All we need is, is targets. We just need targets. Of Robinson. I want to see it. I, I. I'm not. Do I think we overdrafted him? Yes. But do I think he's dust? No. At twenty. He just turned twenty-nine. I. I. I have. This is why I'm. I'm so. I think we I'm just so much punch- more concerned
1: about Allen Robinson than I am Cam Akers because yeah. Cam Akers didn't get the game script yeah. that his entire projection was based yeah. on. And he's not the punchline that people want to, to put out there on social yeah. media, right? Yeah. Like th- these disingenuous assholes on social media that just want to laugh at Cam Akers can go fuck themselves. And it's actually going to hurt their fantasy team. Is it going to hurt their face? Because if they're not willing to draft Cam Akers yeah. when other backup running backs are being drafted, then you're creating a suboptimal lineup. That's that's on you. Instead, the the, the honest brokers in this business are actually more concerned about Allen Robinson. He went earlier in drafts. Mm-hmm. He got the game flow you wanted. He got Just, the matchups against the rookies that you that, wanted. But- and he commanded exactly two targets. That's why Allen Robinson is, is, is a greater concern. And it's, and it's a much easier explanation than what is a very complicated situation with Cam Akers.
0: It's, it's tough. I'm not drafting Allen Robinson today. I'm not. I'm not touching him. I'm terrified. Round 11. Nico's going to go in the ninth. Nico or Allen Robinson? How about that? Nico's going to go in the ninth. Allen Robinson scored. Yeah. We were already too exposed. That's from the, an exposure the, standpoint. It it, it it it's dumb. Not doing it. But it would. I guess it
1: would if we we drafted him in round twelve. Our average draft position for Alan Robinson would go way down.
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly. But, but but then our exposure percentage would go up
0: on a player but who's looking like a boss. Well, we talked about we're not playing. We're not playing. We don't. Our portfolio in the in these leagues is not hundred leagues. It's it's six, seven, eight leagues. Right. We're we're get the players you like get the players you trust i think
1: i have some robinson
0: staff i'm okay facts. with. i'm okay with stafford's a whole nother conversation last night i stafford's another conversation but it's al robinson
1: line is not nearly what it was i mean i mean no. this is what I, we talk about this all the time hey team x added a left tackle it's gonna make everyone's life easier oh what about team y that lost their left tackle andrew whitworth making everyone's life harder Including Matthew Stafford, including Allen Robinson. Yeah. Because if Matthew Stafford has less time to throw, it's going to be more challenging for Allen Robinson to get separation on the outside and make himself available. This
0: is also one of the best defenses in football, period. Like, ten, two rookie cornerbacks give up 10 total points to the defending Super Bowl champions. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to hang with Buffalo. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to overreact. Was, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overreacting. Again, I, like I said, I, I think. What they, if they play the Jaguars week one? They should have dog walked them, but that's different. That so is, what if? What if we would be a different conversation? Robinson would probably Robinson revenge yards.
1: game. Cam Akers twenty carries up the middle,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, it would have been a different thing. Damn it!
1: It's a bummer. Yeah, the Allen Robinson thing way more concerning, and yet uh, a, a a small tiny fraction of the concern on social media around yeah. Allen Robinson. And I'm, I'm looking at my phone, going, "Okay, this, all is, cam, cam, this is Cam. this is disingenuous. Cam, 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 cam. This is just this is just clout chasing." Yeah. This is not useful. Why do I even go on social media? If, if no one wants to have a, the harder conversation about Alan Robinson and how that was actually a, a, a pretty big whiff by a lot of big name, very smart people, then uh, then you're not being honest. It's, it's too bad. It's, it's, it's a shame, but it's also great that the player we have the most of is Stefan Diggs. Yep. See that. See, that was also a focus of mine. I was very happy. More about Digs, and then sad about Robinson, and then the, the Acres thing was just this noise that was that was kind of hovering around that I didn't really care as much about. The Diggs thing is great. Dig, Dig- we're I was looking at our FFWC rosters. Head on
0: Digs. That's that's a good spot. Head uh, on Diggs and Jefferson. Have, uh,
1: so uh, so me, I have about six or seven teams. Uh, two Jefferson, uh, one Cup, one
0: Adams, and two Digs. I got one Diggs, one Chase, one Jefferson, Henry, and a McCaffrey. I don't know. I must have one more. I think I have one more.
1: Uh, Eckler. No, I have an Eckler. You have an Eckler. Yeah, you do. I have an Eckler. Yeah, 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 so that's it. That's it. And then, uh, you know, running backs in the second round and, uh, you know, wide receivers in round four or five. It, it's working out. You know, you know, well, saved us. You know, what else saved us, by the way, saved us from, you know, more Cam Akers. And we, we owe this guy because the guy that we have even more exposure to than even Diggs. We only, there's only one other receiver we have more exposure to than Diggs. Bateman. Bateman. Bateman and Pittman, that's where I'm at. Yeah, Bateman and Pittman. So Bateman was actually the great Acres shield, and Dobbins shield for that matter. Remember, Dobbins was going fifth round too. Dobbins in, Before Dobbins was slated to miss the first couple weeks, he and Bateman had similar ADPs mm-hmm. a few months ago, and we were just hammering Bateman. And he is like this big, this protective shield. I'm so – I mean, thank God for him. Like, he's going to have this – whenever I, he has a big spike week, I'm going to th- be doubly thankful. Not only for the spike week, but that he saved us from – from, Well, just from, you know, dead zone running back X, whatever it is. Or, you know, some other receiver that wouldn't be as good. So, I mean, he is really like the, a shrine. And we get erect a shrine. Erect. To erect a shrine to Rashad Bateman. And that actually – that. I I remember there was a, a one of these like stuffed runs from Acres and I looked up and I go I just remember thinking I was like thank you Rashad Bateman. I remember thinking that. I was like god thanks for shot like cuz I I've had I, I I was tempted to take Acres in a bunch of different drafts and then I remembered stick to our hero RB build and there, and, and don't for, don't forget to draft Rashad Bateman. So thank god and uh we'll you know I do believe that it is going to be an interesting path moving forward watching acres and dobbin's locking arms mm-hmm. and seeing where they go this year cuz one guy's probably going to take a couple more weeks to be fully healthy in, in acres from the lower body injuries and, and he's going to get more better and better as he gets back into you know football shape having not played much in training camp and preseason and, and, and still, you know, now a, more than a year removed from the Achilles recovery, I think he's going to be getting better and better week by week. I think that Dobbins will be getting better and better week by week. I'm now so much more exposed to Dobbins, especially after this trade yeah. with you um, in Dynasty. That that's that's where my rooting interest is going to start going is in that direction. So, uh, Gabe Davis, congratulations! You have Gabe Davis. He's is going to be a second round pick, I'm guessing. Dog in today's draft, he looks great. Uh, there was a huge debate about Gabe Davis, and yeah. I, I think that, that that was partly answered. I think so. I think he's good. And I, I think that Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder splitting the snap targets, Twitter. snaps targets and, and slot routes. Uh, not good for McKenzie. Twitter didn't want to hear that one. They didn't want to hear that <laughs> one. Uh, Josh Allen, MVP. Phew. He looked good. right? Yeah, be- so that's uh, Also, uh, James Cook. Right. So that's the thing. Right. Like you, you win some on Diggs, you lose some on Ro- Allen Robinson, like like Billy. Right. Mm-hmm. So Billy. He, big on big on Robinson. Yay. Robinson. Oh, Diggs. Yay! Whatever. Right. Other people in the industry, you know, don't draft Cam Akers, but uh, also push uh, James Cook way up. Like that is just you can't win them all. Yeah. You can't win them all. The process. But, but,
0: but, but what you have to focus yeah. on
1: if you're a, if you're an influencer. Or if you're a content creator, what you focus on is just cherry picking the ones where you got right, and and never mind, never mind that we, we had pushed James Cook up into the the, the 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 early middle rounds. Never mind that. Let's focus on the fact we were right about Acres. No, never mind Robinson. Let's focus on digs. That's the game. That's that's the game. So there are now there's a few injury notes. That uh I was surprised that we made it through training camp preseason, very few major injuries. This was a blessing. Last year we had Dobbins, we had Acres, we had ETN, we had all these like you know uh, high profile injuries, very few this year. And then a week before the game start, pop, 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 pop,
0: pop, pop. Ertz, Kittle, Rondale. Like what it's it's painful, right? Rondale is one guy that. We heard all all offseason that Cliff Kingsbury wanted to feature in this offense as soon as Christian Kirk left. Rondell comes in, hamstring, groin, getting an MRI today. Looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks. George, George Kittle groin again. I mean, George Kittle, I don't know when the last time he's been healthy, but um, I, there's not really a tight end of consequence there. It's Tyler Croft. It's Charlie Warner. It's uh, Ross Dwelly. Like, no. this is going to help who? <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. Yes.
1: Brandon Ayuk. Yes. Man. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I was looking at something. You know, Big Dog Bash, a lot of these drafts. So I was like, oh, I got a lot of Ayuk, man. This is cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot more Ayuk than Debo this year, right? Just like last year, more Debo than Ayuk, just because, yep. you know, wh- whoever's the least expensive. But I think there's a much better fit this year with Lance and Ayuk than last year with Jimmy G and Ayuk. I think Jimmy yep. G wants to keep it closer to the line of scrimmage, more of the drag routes. Lance, Fearless. You know, pushing the ball down fielding. he's a throwback type quarterback. That's why I have, have have more Lance than anything else this year. you know, super bullish on Lance. Yeah, I think I think you move up Ayuk. Yeah, even more than Debo. So that's the takeaway there. Uh, that's interesting. It does does temper expectations slightly on Trey Lance. But, but why do we love Trey Lance? We love Trey Lance because 100 rushing yards and a touchdown. Right, uh, like 16 fantasy points in the running game. That, that's the big reason why you're, you're liking Trey Lance. So if anyone's going to lose a weapon, ideally, it's going to be a running quarterback that has three or more great weapons. So in terms of ancillary damage to the you know supporting cast, the George Kittle injury uh, is uh, one of the least impactful that you could imagine. Rondale Moore is interesting. Now, uh, we, we do a show now. We're streaming a show, the Stack Fest, the Underworld Stack Fest on Roto Grinders channel, uh, Dario and myself. And our number one game to, to target this uh, this week is is not not really a surprise, Chiefs Cardinals, and the reason why is that you have a consolidated target distribution on both teams, right? No Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs, and no anybody on the Cardinals except Marquise Brown. That's all that's left now. We wrote no Rondell Moore. All that's left, Marquise Brown. So the advice on the Stack Fest, which is don't overthink it, right? It's just Murray Brown stacks be prepared for a 30 plus point game from Mark Marquise Brown. It's, it's get ready. It's crazy. Just get ready. Who else is out? Who is it? Greg Dorch and AJ green Andy Isabella and Andy Isabella and <clears throat> Max Williams. So in deep dynasty leagues, stash Andy Isabella, Andy Isabella had a great camp and he's persevered. Yeah. He was this close to being released a few times because he's also this tall. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He's fast, though. So I immediately went out to all my dynasty leagues and and, and, and added Andy Isabella wherever possible. So that's the, that's the dynasty advice. Andy Isabella runs a 4-3, and he's he, he's going to get what, three to five targets and, and, and could break for a long touchdown. So that's interesting. I think that's what this will do also. This will bring down Hollywood Brown's target depth. They're not going to run brown on as many deep patterns without Ertz, without Rondale Moore underneath. They're going to they're probably going to run more short and intermediate routes just to get the ball in Marquise Brown's hands. That means more deep routes, more uh sort of double moves out of the flanker position for Andy Isabella. So that's interesting, but don't take your eye off the ball. Just Murray, Brown, Brown, Murray, and then uh Eric Baimforth likes MVS as the runback. He thinks this is an MVS week. Uh, Cardinals have weak cornerback play, so if this is the week, it's like MVS tends to disappear against uh, elite level corners, but against weak corners, MVS that's when he has success. He can get separation, hopefully squeeze the football, and so this this could be a Mikael Hardman week. You're gonna have some exposure to Hardman in your stacks. You're gonna have some uh, even more exposure to MVS as well as Juju as well as as Kelsey. You're just gonna we're gonna game stack this one. There's less concerns that this one's going to shoot out, and Vegas is is telling us this. I mean, the, the, the game total's the highest for this game than any other game, even higher than Chargers-Raiders because Vegas also knows that there's a, there's a big mismatch with the Chargers defensive line versus Massive. the Raiders offensive line that could drag this game down, that could prevent the Chargers from being able to sustain drives, that could prevent the Raiders from being able to sustain drives. So for that reason, I, uh, I'm more confident in a shootout between Chiefs and Cardinals and then with the, with the consolidated target distribution that's why in DFS that is the best game stack on the board don't overthink that one either uh, and, and it's it, it, it's all just more rondale more fallout it, it makes it even more attractive to, to stack that game and, and play Hollywood and uh, Murray in DFS and of course in all leagues you're gonna play them uh, another injury that is interesting
0: to you anymore I, I- I think it was just the 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 Arizona and the San Francisco one with Kittle and Kittle Rondo. Those were the two biggest ones for me. Did I miss one? What about Alexander Madison missing a game? I don't. I don't due to personal reasons. I think you know what that is.
1: He's disgruntled. They, they they've talked about the possibility of trading him. Why would they leak that if he wasn't disgruntled? This could be similar. To what's happening with Cam Akers where? There is locker room friction. There's player-coach friction, player-front office friction that may change the dynamics of the depth chart. This is a potential issue with Alexander Madison. We brought Alexander Madison down across the board in all our rankings for this reason and boosted
0: Tykevious Chandler.
1: Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler. So we're looking fringe- Players to add to stash in dynasty or very
0: deep leagues. Ty Chandler at running back. Andy Isabella uh, at wide receiver. You, you know who could use a running back right now? Like Alexander Madison. The team we watched last night. The the Rams or not the Rams? Sorry, the Bills. The Bills. The Bills. Zach Moss fumble. James Cook. I mean, not looking good. Devin Singletary now has a
1: lot. Singletary's Singletary. Backdrop. They love
0: Singletary, but I mean, that's your only guy. Like I, I get Cook. I'm not drawing Cook off, but fumble last night. Like the dependability, I think, is the biggest thing. And like that team's ready to win now. You have to have a stable running game. If you can go get Madison for can I, can a six round pick,
1: even Cam Akers, come on, Brandon. Most post Achilles is bigger and more explosive than Devin Singletary. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's interesting how selective fantasy analysts, especially, are with how much they weight explosiveness. So with David Montgomery, it never mattered. With Josh Jacobs, it never mattered, right? Those bullish on Jacobs, those bullish on Montgomery. Now Brian Robinson, many super bullish on no Devin Singletary.
0: Yeah, Devin
1: Singletary is going to get pushed up. I think Devin Singletary is going to be a fifth round pick in the uh, the the main event tonight. And 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 the fact that he isn't fast uh, and doesn't have great burst doesn't seem to matter. It only matters when it fits your narrative that player X is dust right? And so that was the great giveaway last night. It was, I saw a lot of confirmation bias, narrative based backs smacking, right? Achilles narrative, great job, right? And uh, instead of digging into, well, how, how explosive is he now, right? What, what does this really mean for his level of play? And, and then we dug into it and we, and we figured it out. We figured it out that the, the real mistake was overprojecting projecting him in the passing game because the splits that were, the basis of the 2022 projection were mostly acres versus Michelle instead of acres versus Henderson. So that's, that, that's the great takeaway from last night. We're going to go draft some players tonight until next time, everybody
0: appreciate you guys.